Hello, and welcome to another episode of Resting Batch Face, the only Project Runway recap podcast where when we talk about making cohesive collections, one of the hosts is just talking about how to arrange her seasonal candy. <laughs> I'm Dan Paul, joined as always by my good friend Gwen Kirby. Gwen, how are you doing on this fine day? I mean, man, the highs and the lows today. On the one hand, I feel like I've really finally nailed this yellow sweet potato curry recipe that is fucking lit. On the other hand, the heating in my home has gone out and it's going to be a low of 37 tonight. So there's good things and there's bad things. And we're just, we're rolling with it. But I will tell you, my candy is organized like a beautiful M&M rainbow. And I stand by that choice a thousand percent. I'm glad to hear it. And this episode, it may turn out, offers you some suggestions as to how to keep warm with certain of the garments that we may have to discuss. Well, I'm very, very jacked to be here. Um, I love me some Project Runway. I was going to say, despite the fact that I know nothing about fashion, maybe because of that, you know, some people are interested in fashion and therefore they like Project Runway. I am interested in fashion so much as it allows me to engage with Project Runway. And we're just, let's just briefly give some of our listeners who, you know, might have come to us via places like Temptation Island, Bachelor in Paradise. Gwen, what are you excited about for Project Runway? I was thinking about this. I feel like there's two... Well, I love everything about Project Runway first. But second, I feel like there's two main things I love about Project Runway. One, I love that you can kind of see what the judges see, right? Like, So like for Top Chef, when they're tasting it, I kind of have to take their word for it. Like, I don't really know what's going on. But I can see these looks. They're clothes. They're meant to be seen. And I can have my own wildly uninformed opinion. And I love having a wildly uninformed opinion. The other things I love is just the contestants are just so themselves. Like the outfits that they wear and their personality. Claire described, Claire from Pittsburgh, pardon me. I'm sorry to be so familiar with with Claire from Pittsburgh. Pardon me. Claire from Pittsburgh said that the designers often look like they got dressed in the dark. Which, like, I kind of can't disagree with that. Um, And I just love them. I don't know. They're covered in colors. They're fucking, they're willing to get bitchy about, like, who stole whose sewing machine. And it's just, it's just fun shit. I think this show is fun. What about you, Daniel? A lot of things. One, I'll just piggyback off that. They're all extra as shit. I know. That extra is the perfect way of putting it. And this is, like, this is going to sound a little bit fucked up. And I don't, I don't mean it this way. But, like... One of the things, weirdly, that makes this show so amazing, I I think, is basically that every single one of these people was bullied as a kid. Like, they all seem as if, and I mean, for a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them are gay men who grew up in environments that were not necessarily conducive to their expression. Others were like, be it, you know, plus size women or just sort of girls with goofy aesthetics. Like, you don't end up in avant-garde fashion design if you're just fucking basic. And so these kids, and by kids I mean now grown adults, we're seeing them, right, like in the most basic sense, right, you do a promo that says it gets better. What you're saying is like you will eventually get to a space like this where not only are you allowed to express yourself, but you are applauded for expressing yourself. And all of those things that people said were weird about you are now making you fucking famous and making you fucking rich and making you loved by goofballs like me and you. (laughs) or whatever that's worth. So from a personality standpoint, I mean, again, it just doesn't compare to something like The Bachelor. It's like they're all camera whores before they went on the show and they'll all be camera whores after they went on the show. And for the most part, they were all like born attractive and they're going to stay attractive until they get old. Those personalities, for the most part, are just not interesting. 
these personalities are all interesting. And some of them you fall in love with immediately. Some of them are just fucking a lot, which means they make for great reality television. I mean, again, I could, I could just, I could talk for hours just about the moment where Ken was dry cleaning his jean shorts. Ken! Oh my God. Anyway. Ken. Oh, I love Ken. Love me some Ken. But anyway, that's one thing I love about it as a TV product. I mean, I've talked about this a little bit. It's sort of similar to some of the things about Top Chef. You know, you're watching people make art and you're watching them make art in an absolutely ludicrous environment. Um, and sometimes it creates really, really terrible art, which has an interesting disproportion in that the judges will look at a dress that they've made out of literal, literal trash bags and say it just doesn't look couture. And the music is like, boom, boom, boom. And it's like, that was an impossible thing you asked this person to do. But sometimes it creates just like amazing shit. And you're like, you just made that in a day? It's crazy. And crazy. It's just, and again, it's just like like you're saying, it's watching people make art through adversity, but also in a way that we can perceive it as the object was designed, unlike Top Chef, right? Which yeah. is the same thing where it's like, oh my God, I never would have thought to stuff this squid with this lamb, except that I only had an hour, but I can't taste that, right? And this we yeah. can see. All right. We'll, we'll get into, no doubt, many more examples of what we love about Project Runaway, but we're just going to try to go through this. And so we, we begin at Lincoln Center, and I have to say, which is, you know, a famous performance venue in in New York. And I have to say it's it's an example of the pandemic. I have not been to New York now for so long, for like two years, that I had no idea that they turned the front of Lincoln Center into a fucking mini golf course. Like the whole <laughs> thing is just covered in AstroTurf for some reason that I guess has to do with life and art and something, but it was weird. Anyway, more power, more power. Um we we begin with, you know, we've got 16 contestants. And we begin with our three judges out front and it's really interesting there's no Carly Kloss right now and I don't know so Carly Kloss for those of you is is the host nominally and she's a fashion model who is also Jared Kushner's sister-in-law which is kind of a gross detail I do not know if that's why she's not here or she just has some other shit going on or they were just like you're like too proximate to fucking fascists we don't want you on our on our show but anyway she wasn't there didn't miss her legit didn't realize she existed and wasn't here until you pointed it out yeah yeah wow i mean now if heidi klum had like not shown up one year i would have been like where the fuck is heidi but couldn't give a shit if carly Kloss shows up for those who are kind of new to this so this is the third season since heidi klum and tim gunn left the series and admittedly they've been doing it for 15 years and maybe had other shit they wanted to do with their lives and at first I was very skeptical. Maybe we'll get into this later when we talk about the judges and the mentors. I love all four of the people that are now judging slash mentors. So much. So, so much. I did notice. I was like, okay, why the fuck are the lady judges wearing gowns at the green? And Brandon Maxwell is in like a fucking turtleneck and a tracksuit zip up hoodie. Like, I mean, I know it was his dress hoodie, but like he could put a little bit more work. I'm just saying, if like Nina Garcia is in a gown, you can fucking like try a little bit harder, Brandon Maxwell. Counterpoint, just like let Nina shine. Like don't try to step on Nina's shit. Fair. Yeah. Well, as if you could outshine Nina. Like this is you? we'll get into this later when we get into the judges. This is a very pro Nina Garcia podcast. Extremely pro Nina Garcia podcast. Could not be more pro Nina Garcia. Yeah, we worship her in the sense that like you like if you worship God, you love but also deeply fear that God. And yes. nobody is more terrifying to me than Nina Garcia just being like that bus line peplum showed a lack of taste. 
You're like, oh my God, devastating. Don't read my, don't read and blur my book, Nina Garcia. I can't, I can't take that kind of critique. All right. So the first thing we want to do, so they've been arranged here and they've been given their challenge. And the challenge is that they have to make, they're split into two teams of eight and they have to make looks that are supposedly a cohesive collection. And there are finger quotes that none of you can see. (laughs) And they're each given half of a color wheel and they have to make, again, they have to represent each of those colors with monochromatic looks. But I think first we have to try to introduce these characters in a segment that we started on Temptation Island and are re-upping here called Who the Fuck Are These People and How the Fuck Are We Going to Remember Who They Are? And do you want to just do this like popcorn back and forth or do you want to do this alphabetical? As I don't have them listed alphabetically, popcorn back and forth would be All right. better. Gwen Kirby, somebody you're going to remember and how you're going to remember. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to start with Katie Cortman. She wears an ass ton of different brightly patterned clothes in her outfits. She is impossible not to spot in a crowd. She is like if a batch of highlighters exploded on a human being. And I mean that as the highest praise. Yeah. Homegirl came straight from the fucking Ren Fair. Yeah. And looks like, I don't know, like the Dutch Ren Fair or something. I mean, like she seems, she looks like she could have red dots on her cheek. I, I have written down here, um, if anyone in the show is just being hallucinated by me, it would be her. Because yeah. like everybody else seems like they're kind of interested in looking cool and Homegirl is ready to make her own butter. That's possibly why I was like, I want to get some clothes from this chick. I was like, <laughs> This woman and I, we would have a conversation. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go. Somebody, I'm going to remember. So, but I didn't write down their last names. So we're only going to get half of the last names here. So Aaron, who late thirties, gay Southern guy from the, uh, from, he's from West Virginia, but he now lives in Mississippi. Um, he says he grew up, he lives in a world of drag queens and he's got, he's got strong energy. There are some moments we'll pull out as we go, but I will remember him as the Southern gay guy because they only have one this season. That's a staple of the genre. And I read his bio. Apparently he's designed some costumes for RuPaul contestants, uh, which is awesome. And yeah, he just seems like a, he's got, he's got big energy. I think he's going to be a contender this season. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Somebody you remember. Uh, Darren Apollonio, um, I'm going to remember him because he did not send his own dress down the runway and he's so pale that I assume he is a vampire. I have it written down here as the guy who tried to ask out Christian Siriano at Moon. <laughs> but we'll Christian get... Siriano's not having that for one hot second. <laughs> yeah, he did not even dignify the comment um, with a response, which I like. I mean, Darren is also one of the younger ones. He's I, I yeah. He might be the youngest guy, at least. And he looks definitely lost. I don't know. He looks like a cool dude. So far, he hasn't really made any clothes. Again, we'll talk about that. Um, and was sort of saved by one of his, one of his friends, such as it was. But... Um, he certainly is memorable in this episode, so I'm not all that yeah. worried about forgetting him. Um, somebody I am going to remember, I'll say, I'll shout out Zayden. So mm-hmm. I love Zayden. Zayden, um, not only what he made in this episode, which I dug, but he so far has the most extra facial expressions. He doesn't really talk. He's not really like, he wasn't really involved in any of the tea, but they had a lot of shots of him just looking at people with huge facial expressions. And he had just my favorite moment of the entire episode in which there was this small, stupid fight that barely lasted 30 seconds over the use of a sewing machine. And then they cut to Zayden and he says, I was being so nosy just now, I started sewing my pattern backwards. (laughs) (laughs) 
which just like Zayden Zayden tells the truth with his face. He tells the truth with his words, and I'm here for it. I like Zayden. He was the only dude on an all women's team, and he just was like, "I'm a step back." Let them do what they do. I'm going to make some great faces while I do it. And I'm just going to kind of design my own dress and not talk, which I thought was A1 strategy from Zayden in this episode. I dug it. All right. Someone else you're going to remember. Um, I'm also going to – oh, okay. Wow. This is the like, easiest person to remember in the whole thing. Octavio Aguilar with his red mustache. Yeah. Bald head, red mustache. Bald head, red mustache. Big look. He was dressed like the fucking Hamburglar for half of this episode. <laughs> He really was. I mean, he's, yeah, easy to remember and, you know, came out strong out of the gate this episode. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be, he's, he's going to be a player. And again, he has a red mustache and a bald head. He wore like, I, how do you even describe it? He looked like Jughead for a second, like that weird crown. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he would kind of like, it looked like a child's paper crown. Yeah, for Christmas or something. For like Christmas that you get out of like a British like Christmas cracker, except it was probably like the designer crown, I guess in that he's a designer and he made it. But he is, he's got, he's got style. He's doing his thing. Respect. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's very memorable. Um, I'm going to remember Sabrina. So Sabrina will, as we, we will see, not the strongest episode close wise, but Every time there was a cutaway to Sabrina, it pivoted to like discussing her sort of like escaping Afghanistan as a child. Um, yeah. All the pictures of her clothes looked super cool, like at slightly different kind of proportions and interesting shapes. But like seriously, 75% of her talking heads pivoted to like the nasty shit she saw in the woodshed on her way out of Afghanistan. So it was a little, it was a little much, but it'd be hard to forget her. I will say, I mean, I kind of dug her dress. I know the judges hated on it, but like I'm actually pretty interested to see what she makes. I like her style and I like the pics I've seen of her clothes so far. I'm now interested to see what you wore to the prom because she made a pretty shitty prom dress. So if you liked it, <laughs> I it raises wish. certain questions. I don't know. Okay, well, we're going to talk about it later. I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> Um, All right, I'm going to shout out Chantel Lacayo, who I am very interested. She got second place in Project Runway Latin America in 2010. She didn't really move the needle for me much this episode, but I feel like that's got to be a somewhat significant leg up on your competitors to have already gone through this insane process once and to have come that close to winning. I am... I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see more from her. We didn't get a ton from her this episode. And frankly, the people we got a ton from this episode were like fucking drama. So yeah. I think she's just keeping her head down and making no, it close. That's a really good point. She's been through this insanity, right? She knows what to expect. Somebody that I'll shout out. So Meg, um, mm. she she looks like Melissa McCarthy a little bit. Meets Meriwether from Sleeping Beauty. Like she just has this very yes. round face, strong energy. She also... I don't know if she signed up for it or if they asked her to be like the advocate for plus size women, but at the moment that is her job. Yeah. She described herself as a juicy bitch, which I think sounds awesome. We should all aspire to that. Yeah. Yeah. And though I will say she went to the well crying about missing her mom a little early in the season for my taste. Maybe that's an obnoxious okay, thing to say. It's no, fucking episode one. No, no, no. But did you, cause I literally had a note about that. So she's like, she's in She's crying, right, about missing her mom. And I was like, oh, whatever. It's only two days in. But then she goes on to say it's because her mom is dead. So, like, 
then I felt bad. Come on, her mom's, you can't, like, that's, that's worse. Well, first of all, I can do anything I want. We only have nine <laughs> listeners. Like, this is, really this is not going to go viral that I'm an asshole. My point that is not even with her, it's with the producers. Like, it's just too early to go to these wells. Like, you have that, you have that footage in the can. You, like, it's not like she, ex- I don't know. I think that they could use it any other time. But anyway, she's easy for me to remember. She has a big face and she is in charge at the moment of advocating for plus size women, AKA juicy bitches. Juicy bitches. Woo. Um, all right. Coral Castillo is from Mexico. She lived in Mexico city and then Tijuana. And apparently in the, during the pandemic, she's gotten very into macrame and likes in- incorporating that into her looks. So I thought you were going to say that during the pandemic, she got into like ninjutsu because she was completely hidden this entire episode. <laughs> she said nor did nothing. And in fact, there was not even a cry on of her name until the runway show. Listeners, I had no idea who any of these fucking people were. I had to like read their bios on the Project Runway website. And I would like to emphasize how much I had never done that for this podcast. And I was starting to really ask questions about how I spend my free time. But I did not see this bitch on my screen. I'm sure she's great. I love macrame slash dumbass hippie shit that's completely unnecessary. So I'm very excited to see. Even that word is unnecessary. Macrame is just like fucking collage, right? No, it's um, it's like a way of sort of like doing like like knitting or crocheting or weaving or something. Except it's it's entirely systems of knots. Gosh, sounds sounds dope. Okay, so. <laughs> Let's just rattle through the rest of these. We have Praje Oscar, who's fairly memorable in that he's Haitian. He has an accent. He has a lot of cool hats. He seems like he has a lot of energy. He wasn't all that important in this episode, but he seems cool. I don't even think we need to talk about Bones right now. This entire episode is like about Bones. So we'll, we're going to we'll, get to that. All I'm going to say, a way to remember him, other than that he's extra as shit, he has a background in dancing, which is an interesting detail. And I, I, Early on, I did like him. He was talking about how Dance informs his his um, his design aesthetic, which I found really interesting. So it's this kind of like synesthetic, like cross genre thing about like movement. Um, also, he was really hard to figure out who he was early on because he kept putting on and taking off wigs in his talking heads, and I really thought he was multiple people. But anyway, there will be no shortage of bones discussion in this episode. And then Casey, I will remember her for being the first person to be eliminated. I will remember her bleach blonde hair, and I will remember that she made a bathrobe. I am kind of sad we lost Casey, who on the website described her aesthetic as dystopian farm girl. <laughs> that, which... sounds, that sounds like randomly generated. That sounds like somebody tried to create a randomly generated aesthetic and came up with dystopian farm but girl. Like, I would wear an outfit called dystopia like i was very interested in where dystopian farm girl was going and pretty sad that that's been taken away from me. So, so far your two favorite designers are the dystopian farm girl who got eliminated week one for a bathrobe and the girl who came from the fucking ren fair who looks like she is not long for this world does that sound surprising <laughs> to you or what what part of that feels unbelievable that feels very on brand Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, and I like the princess prom dress. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, again, we have these two teams. They're split up. For some reason, they're called the warm team and the cool team, which I feel bad for the warm team because the cool team sounds cool. And the warm team just sounds like it's kind of random. But immediately they start having these conversations about how to be cohesive. And the two teams take two pretty radically different strategies. One um, attempts to be cohesive. The other does not. And 
I don't know what you think about this strategy, but obviously the team that made no attempt to be cohesive did a lot better. And I think that's a staple of the early episodes of the show where all you have to do is make actual clothing and you'll be fine. Yeah, that was... I mean, I've, it was very funny, and I really enjoyed watching Christian Shiriano like attempt to get these people to come up with even a bullshit fashion, like you know, like oh yeah, it's all women who are going to an art gallery opening. Like they couldn't even do that. Like there was no cohesion in this. But as I was watching people like bend over backwards to put an ugly bow on their dress that they didn't want to, that only two thirds of the team was doing anyway, I was like. It's every woman and man for him and herself right now. Like, you just got to not be the worst one. Yeah. So just don't – you need to just do you. Make a make a piece of clothing that is okay. And you're yeah, the fun. title I, – I, I'm pitching the idea of the title of this episode to be Boa Constricted because the cool team decided they were going to have unity by everybody putting a bow somewhere on their thing. And there were some ugly ass bows that put some ugly, people in a bad situation. Ugly bows. Admittedly, my working title for this was put some respect on his name. <laughs> so we'll see where we end up. We'll see where we end up. But given that you upload the episode, I like, I like your chances. So much um, power. You know, there's some interesting conversations that have here. Meg, again, um, Meriwether is in charge of discussing plus size models. And I, I will say it's been a journey on Project Runway. For most of the series' history, there just were no plus-size models, and if there were, it was like a theme challenge, and everybody lost their fucking minds. Then they started doing this thing where they were like actively flagging that there was like a couple of plus-size models, but they would rotate who has them, and some people would make it a big deal in terms of like positive, like they were excited about it. Other people would throw fuss fits. And now, for the most part, it's just been a part of it, and to the same, actually also true of having trans models. Mm-hmm. is that they just don't really mention it, which is, I think, probably where we want to be. But Meg does ask who's sort of comfortable with plus-size models, and it is alarming the the amount of people that appear not to be. No, there was a lot of kind of like, you know, staring down at your desk so the teacher won't call on you energy to like, <laughs> the, who's okay working with plus-size models? And then, you know, basically the other woman was like, okay, well, I've dressed a plus size person twice. And she was like, okay, great. I was like, oh, you guys, this is yeah. going to be a feature of this competition. So I hope you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how, how it goes. So there's also a delightful exchange between Bones and Chantel in which Bones is just, and, and the thing about Bones you have to remember is he's just extra as shit all the time. But he says, we need a story. And Chantel is like, we need to look at fabric. And these are two pretty radically different strategies, one of which seems a lot more practical and applicable. Well, ask which one of those two people was the runner-up on Project Runway Latin America, and it was not Bones. So yeah. Chantel was like, what if we bought something to make clothes out of? Chantel's <laughs> <laughs> like, good so, strategy. So they go to Mood. A couple things we have to say about Mood, which is the fabric store, where they always go, one, I've been to Mood, flex. <laughs> flex, big flex. Second... Uh, Gwen, do you want to talk about your conspiracy theories <laughs> involving no. Squatch the dog? I knew you were going to bring this up, and I really thought like they were just like switching out like Swatches because one had died. They were all conspiracy theories. Swatch the dog, by the way. Ed they just think that Swatch was immortal, even though they were just disguising that we all die someday. Look, fine. The dog was fine. I was wrong. It made sense to me at the time. You're the fucking mood expert. I defer to you. You've been there. You're from New York. I went there and the first thing I did is I asked, is this original Swatch or is my friend Gwen 
right. Yeah, way to throw me under the bus. Now I'm not welcome in mood anymore. <laughs> Can I just say also, a thing I love about Project Runway is I think even more than Top Chef, there is discussions of buses and people being thrown underneath buses. Oh my god, yes, yeah, so much. I mean, we're gonna really get to that with Bones. Yeah, who, man. Oh my god. Anyway. I mean, oh my god. We'll get not, to a all good, not a good look for him. Anyway, so there's also a great line in here just a reminder of how like weird this show is. So Octavio says, like, and he's almost laughing. He's like, I do not buy fabric like this, meaning having a time limit. And Octavio like clearly like is an established, really good designer. And yeah. he's just like laughing at how stupid the process is which again is just a good reminder this is not how people actually do any of this like this is a weird game show but it's a great game show yeah well should we maybe move into the bones thing we're we're kind of getting to we can it get, we can get close just a couple of small things that are still happening at mood bones this is just a good example of bones I, and also just i love the weird syllogisms that this show produces in which bones says Yellow is the color of hope. I wrote that down. I wrote, I was not aware of that. <laughs> and it's just like, and so I'm making a jumpsuit. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, what is the causality going on here? Um, anyway, Christian like starts planting the seeds about things being cohesive. Team two decides like, let's all be flowers. And somehow that turns into a bow. And I will say a, a thing that if you've ever watched this show, which most of these people, it seems like do not, do not be formulaic in your inspiration. Like the people yeah. who are like, this is a flower challenge. So I'm making this look like a flower, get in trouble. The people who are like, this is a flower challenge. So I make this really weird thing that expresses my understanding of, of change. They do amazing. Yeah, um, exactly. You want to be like flowers, flowers, um, they grow in spring and spring makes me think of purple and that is why i made whatever the fuck i wanted like it's just about being able to tell a story not so much about being literal and people don't seem yeah. to always get that so i mean again a, a kind of irony of this episode is one of the theme of themes of the episode is that the warm team is utterly in, uncohesive they have no unifying thread and christian is making it seem like they're in trouble and it's sort of being edited to be like they'll be in trouble because it's not cohesive and they end up doing better than the cool team who has a unifying thread, which is Bose. So Christian is in there, and I mean, he's kind of trolling them. So he's like trying to like ask them a little bit about kind of what's their unifying thread. And he's like, oh, so no one's talking with anybody. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, do you want to talk about this Bones, this Bones nonsense? Uh, I mean, so Christian is there kind of asking, you know, some solid questions like, what the fuck are you going to say when the judges ask you how this is cohesive? And Bones says, um, don't let anybody's outside opinion distract you. And Christian says, you mean mine? Uh, and I really like, audio cannot do justice to Christian Siriano's face, which is doing so much more work than his words. Um, and then Bones is just basically like, we don't need you. And Christian is like, well, if no one needs my help, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just here for you. I don't need to be here. And he leaves. Um, and Praje speaks facts to Bones. He says, Christian Siriano is the most successful designer to ever come out of Project Runway. If he wants to give an opinion, you just shut the fuck up and let him speak, which is accurate. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That was kind of what went down. And Christian Siriano's face was yeah. everything that I need. Audio also does not do justice to the way that you just kind of manipulated your neck and shoulders to try to like look like Christian Siriano while you were impersonating him briefly. 
Look, I can't do Christian Siriano justice, but if there's anyone who knows how to make her face do 90% of the work, I think it's me. Fair enough. Uh, there's another brilliant Christian Siriano moment. So Octavio, again, the Hamburglar with the red, the red mustache, is making, we'll talk about this when we do the runway show, but he's producing just a giant harem pant. Yep. And Christian is holding up the pant, <laughs> and it is as tall as he is. It is. I looked at his height. He's 5'4". He's the same height as I am. Oh, man. Um, there's another kind of moment that happens, just, you know, workroom stuff. So Casey and Meg, who are the two, um, they're both on Team Cool, but they're, they're working with the plus-size models. They had to adjust their dress forms. I thought that was super shitty that they don't have a plus-size dress form. They had to, like, add fabric to the ass of the dress form just to, like, feel like it was working for them. See, I was confused about that because, I mean, those were larger dress forms. Like, they were, those were plus-size dress forms. They were, like, substantially okay. larger. But they, than, still, like, they still added to the booty. Well, I think that it's, I mean, you know, not to be like all skinny ladies are the same, but, like, a, a skinny model's dress form, like, all skinny models are skinny. But, like, if you're a plus-size woman, like, you're going to carry your weight in different places. Like, I don't know how possible it would be to have, like, a standard dress form okay. as you go into plus size because like sometimes it's going to be in your tummy sometimes it's going to be in your ass this is going to be another delightful feature of this podcast is that not only do we not know anything about clothes i don't know a huge amount about bodies of any kind <laughs> so but speaking of which there is a line meg says i hate it when people see a plus size woman and think poncho when <laughs> when kirby did you feel like shots were fired again? Not to tell our audience all the inner details, but me and Gwen were hanging in Cincinnati last week, and we went to this uh, this this clothing store that a prior Project Runway contestant had stuff in, and she says to me straight up, "You cannot let me buy a Scottish poncho." <laughs> that Scottish poncho was awesome. Luckily, it also turned out it was like a thousand six hundred dollars Scottish poncho, so I did not need Dan's help. But I was very serious when I was like Daniel. Do not let me buy that poncho. That is what I'm going to want to buy, and you cannot let me. That was a dope poncho. Anyway, but I I, I appreciate the sentiment from Meg, which is occasionally, yes. especially on the show, you see a woman with curves, it's just like cover them up. Unfortunately, that's what Casey ended up doing, um, which we, yeah. will, we will get to. Um, another moment, again, just kind of showing who these personalities are. So the, the cool team is kind of like, is this going to work? Like everybody's debating whether stuff is cohesive enough. And some Sabrina's just like, I think maybe we're overthinking this. And then they cut to her being like, when I was escaping Afghanistan, I'm like, are we going to do this every episode where it's like, I I was like, I kind of want to just be like, why don't we just like let this designer design? Like, do we really need to do this with her? I don't know. I mean, this was the point where I wrote, Fuck the bows. You just need to make an outfit that's okay at this point. Like, Yeah. I mean, again, for people who don't watch the show, you start with 16 people who have never had to work in this insane environment. To say nothing of being on TV and freaking out about it, you just don't have like these kinds of time constraints in real life. And it's like the people who get sent home the first couple of weeks are the people who just don't cover the poom poom. Which legit would have been like Darren. Like, Darren yeah. was in, like, don't cover the poom poom territory yeah. right up until the last minute. 
right into um, the last minute. Anyway, so there's... I will say, yeah. oh, well, I wanted to do, like, there's a tiny bit more bones, I feel like, before we oh, get to... Oh, there's always more bones. The runway. That I, well, I no, there's to... more. I was... There's def... Anyway, yes, there's plenty of more bones I was going to get to as well, but... Uh, yeah. Well, mostly I'm, like, looking at the clock being like, wow, 33 minutes, and we haven't even gotten <laughs> to uh, describing the runway looks yet. We need to hurry this up, says on the podcast's editor. So I was just, I was just looking at the clock, you know? All right. FYI. Uh, so there is a good moment with Bones. The the warm team is back at the, the the pad or whatever, their house. And it's just like a spectacular moment of people being like not it, but pretending that it's like trying to say somebody is, is good. So they're like, well, someone has to talk on the runway. I choose Bones. And everybody's like, yep, Bones, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Which is clearly they just don't want to do it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Bones is very floppy. He makes a speech when like at home where he says like, I am not the leader of this team. I promise you, if y'all say I'm the leader, I am letting it rip. Of course, then when they win and the judges are like, who's the leader of this team? He's like, it's me, it's me. I was the leader. It was all me. If we're going to try to be efficient and we're trying to get to bones, to me, the single most indefensible thing that any person does that I have, I don't know that I've ever seen anything worse that non-Sandro related in the history of Project Runway is when he grabs the cigarette out of <gasps> Darren's mouth and throws it on the ground. Like, how actual dare you? Like, I don't I even smoke, and I was deeply offended. I was like, sir, that is like, you are now, like, touching me in my physical space. Like, that is not, that is not okay. On the other hand, Darren was out there having a cigarette with 30 minutes to go and no clothes made. Yeah. So, if I was on Darren's team... I would be like, well, I mean, actually, I would be like, all right, well, if we lose because Darren couldn't cover the poom poom, he's eliminated. So I, eh, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the weird thing about Bones in this episode. He seems insane. He seems insanely extra. He stole the cigarette. He kept changing wigs, and yet in the random 20 minutes before the runway show, he just straight up made a dress to give to Darren because Darren was such a mess. And it's a gorgeous dress, straight yeah. up like that. It looks really good. Looks um, way better than the one he spent two days on, I will say. I okay, we're gonna get. I we're gonna get to that. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, the one final bones thing is when he kind of tries to like be like, "Sorry, not sorry" to Christian Siriano, where he's like, "I wasn't coming at you. I was just sticking up for my team." And Christian just kind of like does his little thing, and he's like, "I'm just here for you." And I'm just like, the, the apology is doing nothing to gain favor with Christian. It's yeah. because it's not an apology. He's just like, like, what are you sticking up for your team against the person who's there to help you? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, the only environment I guess where that makes any sense is like, where like morale is way more important than actual execution. Project Runway is not that space. You are judged just based no. on the look. Like, this is the thing, again, it's interesting where it actually speaks to how art works. Like the only thing that matters is the final draft that comes yeah. down, right? The process is kind of irrelevant. I just want to go into novel workshop and be like, Leah, we do not need your outside opinion. Like, <laughs> what, are you talking, what are you talking about? The whole point is oh that there's someone God. who knows more than you. Like Jesus fucking Christ. I've seen anyway. that. I've The look that she would have on her face in that moment, I've seen it. I've seen it when Wildcard Jenny was talking about Colson Whitehead. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. Anyway, that should be the title of our podcast. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. All right, let's get to this. Let's get to this runway show. So 
Um, first, we get the warm team, and it starts with Darren. Again, this is the guy who tried to ask out Christian Siriano at Mood. Then, also, he's very young, and he couldn't make a dress, and he ends up sending down the runway this dress that Bones made. It's gold sequin, it's very tight, and it has a nice little kind of ruffle sash that comes out of it. Anything else you want to add to this? Uh, we here right into my um, lack of knowledge about clothes. I was just like, it looks really good. Yeah, it looks like clothing. It looks like clothing, which, yeah, is sometimes the highest praise you can give it. For a dress made in 30 minutes, it was it was excellent. Yeah, and it's, sequ- it's sequins, too. And you know I love me a sequin. So, uh, then we have Project next. Uh, red skirt, pink top that has, like, one side that kind of goes down far. I liked it. It seemed cool. It had a drop back with a sash. Looked like yeah, clothing. Looked like clothing. We next get Corral's. Um, which ironically, or maybe not ironically, whatever, fittingly, it's it's a coral colored coral. dress. Um, it looks like clothing. It has like straps that cross into an X that kind of honestly look like brown masking tape to me, but looked more or less like clothing. Yeah, I like anything that like makes it look like you're actually wearing like armor of some sort over your evening wear. So it yeah. had that vibe. I was digging it. Next we get Kenneth. I did not like this look. No, me neither. So it's bleach blonde. Um, this is, no, sorry. He is a bleach blonde. Like, what? He's also pretty young. It's, it's got giant, like, scorpion armor shoulders. And then it has this weird thing where it reveals the, the, the midriff through. I'm just going to say it. It looked like a cage. It looked yeah. like a medieval torture device around the midriff. I didn't like it. It had huge ass poopy sleeves, a tight pencil skirt, and a weird orange mesh middle and a challenge about being monochromatic yeah so i didn't really understand that and i thought it was ugly and i feel like it would have been on the bottom if they'd lost but also i don't know anything that's so hard we're to gonna say. get we're gonna get to that that's gonna be a yeah. staple of this show is we don't know anything <laughs> next was aaron's and aaron again um gay southern guy i fucking love this i have written down i Khal- love this too alisi chic so it's this like yeah. dark blood red he's got this like super cool tight bomber jacket with slightly spiky shoulders and then underneath that is just this top with like all these i don't know different kind of like pieces of fabric coming off like a center center thing i'm doing a great job describing it but i thought i mean me too i was like if you were like wearing this in like a star wars movie to go be like an alien bounty hunter i would be like yeah like it was just, yeah. it was just fucking, it was cool. It was really fun. It was kind of different. I liked it a lot. And it was incredibly well made, which especially early on yeah. is, is a distinguishing feature. This man knows what he's doing and I'm excited to see more from him. Then we have Octavio and something that, I mean, the judges loved it. I thought it was like, I feel like I've seen this before uh, on Project Runway, like the huge kind of I will poofy say pants. this was bigger than most of the poofy pants we get on on Project Runway, and I thought, I don't know, it looked pretty well made. I mean, it's all red. He's got yeah. this giant harem pant. He's got this little jacket that then goes over just kind of a little tube top. I mean, he made three pieces over the two days. They were all well made. There were all these, like, cool, I don't know, like, little straps coming off the pants. He clearly yeah. had a point of view. I mean, for the first week of Project Runway, I thought he kind of knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I felt like he and Aaron, for me, going down the runway, showed me the same thing, which is that they they know how to make clothes, they can operate in this insane format, and they both clearly know who they are and what they're doing. So I assume we're going to see more from them. So next we get Chantel. So I I just have this listed as quilted L. Woods 
pantsuit. <laughs> I mean, this looks straight out of Legally Blonde, but with really weird quilted sleeves. It was so weird. It was like this Pepto-Bismol colored. Just, I, ugh, I didn't like it. It was like a really stiff, kind of like pink suit. And I love me some pink, but this just did not. This, I thought, also would have been a bottom look for this team. Yeah. And lastly, we get Bones. So it's got, it's it's a jumpsuit. It's got a, a yellow kind of almost mustardy or maybe it's gold asymmetrical top. Here's here's my note, and again, you're this is this is going to go into your area of expertise because you're aware of of bodies in general and and female bodies specifically. These boobs are everywhere. Okay, I thought the same thing. I was like, these boobs are like on the run, like they're like fucking all over the place in that garment. I was like, God, I wish not- I wish I could produce a gif of what you the gesture you just made. <laughs> top like they were lost i was like my notes was like was there no way to like figure out a bra system in this outfit i when i saw this walking down the runway i was like no no they're not gonna like this i don't understand it the tits are everywhere i don't the cape thing seems unnecessary obviously i don't know anything because the judges loved it but yeah i was not into this look we'll get to this all right so team cool starts with zayden again who is the truth teller this was super weird and I loved it. Like, I don't, it was like, I have written down here Vulcan chic. It has this giant collar that is straight out of like cartoons about Martians that are made in the 50s, or maybe like it's like straight out of somebody's construction of what the Emerald City of Oz would look like. Cause it's just like bright green, giant collar, short skirt. Um, I dug it. But again, because it was weird. Yeah. I mean, it had sort of like, I'm an alien extra on Star Trek in the 90s vibe, which I like. Um, it made me at least interested to see what else he might make. It was interesting and different, and yeah. I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to go for that. Um, Why don't you describe Katie's look? Because you're the you're the fan of the Ren Fair. I mean, this was bananas. I don't <laughs> even know how to describe. So it's One like thing a, about her, I just want to say, this entire episode, there are just random shots to her painting fabric. Everybody else is trying to make shit, and she's just down on the floor doing fucking arts and crafts. Anyway, not to cut you off, I have written down here, like, she's going to the fucking dance in Candyland. Like, this is just super hippie shit. It's got, like, flowy sleeves. It's green, dotted with black paint for reasons. Whatever. It's like if you were wearing, like, a dress that was kind of like a windsock. Um, And then, like, halfway down there were some ruffles. It was weird. But I guess, again, like... When it comes to the first week of the show, like, it's weird. It's clearly her, because that, like, painting yeah. shit on shit is her. And, you know, the ones that are going to lose are the ones that, fine, look like a cheap prom dress or, like, a jumpsuit that you could buy, like, in any, you know, store. And, like, yeah. this was not that. This was a thing that was doing a thing, and I don't know that I understand that thing, but... I, I kind anyway, of dug it. Next up was Sabrina. She was an interesting an interesting case, and you see this all the time, especially early. Somebody who is up on the runway, and the thing they are wearing is so fucking cool, and yeah. they made it. But the thing that their model is wearing looks like a droopy blue prom dress. I mean, it's like off the shoulder. Her mistake, and again, this was where the team fucked up, is like she's trying to make the front look like a bow. Well, and from what she said, it was I think she thought she had a fabric that was going to like kind of stand up more than it did and by the time she realized it was just going to be droopy she 
she just didn't course correct. She just kind of yeah. like let it be. So again, part that, of that didn't is, go great. Part of that is just like timing, right? At a certain point, unless you're Darren, like you need to actually finish something and send yeah, it down the runway and hope somebody sucks more than you. But it was not a great look. I, I hope that this is a wake up call for her to just be like, I mean, literally Nina was like, like, what is your aesthetic? And, she, and, and Sabrina pointed to like the dope fucking like super yeah. tailored jacket and pants she was wearing that she had made for herself. And Nina was just like, well, this looks nothing like this. Yeah, so, he was basically like, your outfit is amazing, so what the fuck, like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Okay, next was Christina, who I think we maybe forgot to mention her when we were talking about people. She's Russian, and there's a cute moment in the workroom where she's just, like, running around in this super high-collared muslin that was, like, her her, her pattern, and Christian Siriano kind of, like, walks in on her as if she's, like, at a slumber party, and it was very cute. What she produced, I have written down here, it's, like, a puffy nightgown for a child, but with like alien shimmer. I mean, it's like super high collar, but it was super weird. It was like blue sheer fabric that like somehow the sleeves look like filled with air. I thought this was so cool. Yeah. I wrote, um, see-through Victorian nightgown vibes, question mark. But it was like, like if you were being haunted by like a dead Victorian <laughs> child, like it was, which I like, obviously, like you produce a dress that's like, yeah, like if you were in a haunted mansion in rural England, like this is what the specter of like Christmas future would appear as. And I was digging it. It was interesting. I was dope. Next was chastity, not, not chastity, chastity. Um, I think we forgot to mention her. I, I will be able to remember her because she is the only black woman on the this season. And she mentioned being really into Disney princess shit, which um, I guess we saw some of that here. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was blue. It was kind of boring. It was um, asymmetrical in the back with a bow. Again, these bows are destroying people. It was not particularly well finished. I mean, again, I'd be really hard to make clothes in this environment. And the big hot take she has, like, because there's always a cutaway to the, the designer when the thing is going down the runway in terms of how they feel about seeing it. And she gives her own work the faint praise. I actually don't mind the bow. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought she was going to be the one going home because it's just it's boring. It's yeah. not well finished. There just, like, wasn't really any upside to it. Nina was fairly devastating in her critiques of it, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, Meg, I thought, uh, Meg was next, and I thought she she rocked it out for the plus size ladies. It's a black pencil skirt and a kind of darker blue blouse sort of thing. Um, but the skirt is like super fitted. The blouse is flattering. You can see she has a waist. Um, you know, she's clearly someone who like, you know, I don't know, dresses plus size models to actually fit them. It was a little bit boring, but yeah, I, I have, it wasn't I, a bathrobe. I have written down here something your mom wears to ladies night and like, maybe what? it like works at ladies night, but I mean, it was pretty mad. I mean, again, she made clothing. It was clearly clothing, but it looked a little eighties to me without yeah. like, without a lot of flair. I mean, it wasn't blowing me away, but it was not bad either. All right. Well, Poncho Queen, do you want to defend... The bathrobe that's about to that's about to enter. Oh, I mean, it's like a it's this like a Casey. lavender. Yeah, this is Casey. It, this is this is dystopian farm girl, um, which I think she should have leaned into a little bit more. Uh, so it's like this lavender house coat slash bathrobe thing um, that I think she described as being a coat dress. I guess is what she was going for, but it just it didn't fit this woman it, weird triangles around the like, area of the boob like spiking yeah, up like from a, it like a like if you'd had like the top of a whipped cream dollop sort of like 
poking up above your boobs, which was, I mean, at least Christian Siriano got her to remove, like she was going to have like a flap there, which is, you know, what you do in women's clothing when you're nursing. So it was probably good that she opted not to do that. It was not good. I I thought maybe she'd make it just because it was like, I don't know, looked like it took more work than the other outfit. Maybe, maybe, but then she didn't but, even line it. I mean, again, yeah. you didn't have, I guess, enough time, but it was, and it's just especially unfortunate when when something is purple and shapeless and you give it to a larger woman because they're going to look like Grimace. It's true. It's not, it's, you know, it's nothing you could do about it at that point. Yeah. Uh, so this, this look was not a success. Not a success. And then lastly, Anna, who I don't know if we mentioned her, she is Chinese. She describes her work as very precise. This garment, I have written down here, Mortal Kombat chic. Um, it looks a little bit like Molina from Mortal Kombat 2, but she's got a purple skirt. And then the top is just these black sequence straps that are like thick enough to cover her boobs. Yep. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's clean lines, pretty simple looking. Yep. Um, I liked it. So Good work, Anna. Before we get into the judges, just always curious to calibrate how wrong we are. It's important for the listener to understand that we know nothing. What were your favorite looks? Uh, okay, so I did think that the warm team had won because my favorite looks were, I think, all on that mm. team. I really loved... Aaron's outfit. I liked Darren's outfit a lot, the gold sequin dress gown to the floor, but it didn't like, it didn't excite me, I guess. Um, and well, maybe I did have some looks I really loved on the cool team. I did really dig the maroon ball ground with the black sparkle top. I just feel like all I want to do is dress in outfits that make me look like I'm a really sexy assassin. <laughs> and so I feel like I'm just like choosing all the things that I'm like, yeah, like if she like pulled like a dagger out of her garter in that outfit, yeah. it would be hot. So pretty, that's kind of, that's where I lean. It's pretty sick. My three favorite were Aaron's, which was Khaleesi chic, Zayden's, which was Vulcan chic. And Christina's, which was like weird dead baby chic. So, <laughs> yeah. so again, like this speaks to our aesthetics here. Yeah, I didn't know how to. I, I was like, how do I rank how much I like the one that I feel like is a dead Victorian child? Like, I'm not <laughs> sure how to like. I don't. Where do I put that in my ranking system? Listen, this is something we'll calibrate as the season goes on. My least favorite were the bathrobe, the um. The one that looked like the stomach was being stuck in a medieval torture device mm. and boneses that ended up winning because the boobs were just, they were lost. They were crying for help. Yeah. I really, boneses was one of my least favorite. I didn't even like the color. I was so distracted by her boobs that I was. Yeah. There's a funny moment when he's standing up there because he made his own garment out of the same fabric, which I mean, cool. I guess. Anyway. I guess. I felt like he looked like he was going to like a toga party. I yeah. don't Maybe I just like really missed something with those outfits because they Elena, them. Elena Welteroff was like, it's just beautiful. It looks like, you know, she's your queen and you're the king. And I was like, well, it looks like she's the queen and you're a harem eunuch. Like. <laughs> it totally does. Oh my God. I totally agree. Um, um, what was actually up top were Octavia's harem pants, which I don't mind. It's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, well constructed. He had a point of view. The first thing that Bones made, again, boobs on parade. And the second thing that Bones made, technically Darren's, which I thought was very pretty and looked like clothes, but didn't seem very innovative, which makes sense because you only had a half an hour to make it. The cool team was low, and what we had was Sabrina's prom dress was low, Chastity's just boring blue thing was low, and Casey's bathrobe was low. I mean, this first brings me back to the fact that I know nothing. I just don't understand how the boobs on parade outfit was better than Aaron's outfit. Yeah. Like, 
one was like tailored, beautifully finished, like all, and like the other one, the, the boobs were everywhere and they just didn't, it just did not excite me. I, I was annoyed. St- I really I will, liked Aaron's. Yeah. I also really liked Aaron's. I will say, I'm not saying this is the situation in this episode, but something that kind of always comes up in the show is the question of, do you pick the thing that is the best sewed mm-hmm. or the thing that you think the design is most interesting? Because I mean, again, if you have 24 hours to make a dress to paraphrase Fabio from Top Chef, like this is project runway, not project Taylor. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, and you know, there have been people over the years. I remember there was a fight between um, this kid named, I want to say his name was Sam and Kimi who was like probably like the best tailor maybe yeah. that we've ever seen on project runway where it's just like, yeah, cool. Like his stuff is really well finished, but like, that's not what we're doing here. We're looking for innovation. And so again, that's something that occasionally would come up. I mean, I thought Aaron's was both more interesting and better finished, but what do yeah, you Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It was not like, Oh, like one is more interesting and one's better finished. I was yeah. like, I've seen a flowy jumpsuit thing many times. Like I don't, yeah. anyway, I don't get it. They, they send Casey home. Do you think that's an okay decision? Did you have, I mean, the bathrobe coat was a problem. I mean, they both were bad. Yeah. Uh, I guess I found the bathroom coat more inexplicable, which made me want to keep her. Because I'm always more interested in like weird failures than boring failures. And, you know, I don't know. That sounds so depressing. But... No, that's the best way. That's how we should plug our podcast, to be honest. Like, <laughs> we may be a failure, but we're a weird failure. We're a weird failure. I mean, also, I just thought she was going home. Like, Nina literally says, like, I think you choked in terms of the top half of the design. Then she says, from the waist down, it was dot, 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 fine. So, like, and then, oh, and then they say it's the worst starts on the runway, which I felt like was a real, like, Wow, fashion burn. I had to ask Brett what the fuck they were talking about. Woo, I knew what they were, I think, because yeah. I'm a woman. And yeah, it comes probably. up more for us. Uh, so I just thought she was going home from the judging, but I was wrong. Yeah, I don't mind Casey going home. I, I guess if I, I – she has weirder ideas maybe than Chastity, but at the same time, neither of them I think are long for this world. I didn't mind until this morning I found out that her aesthetic was dystopian farm girl, and now I'm devastated. Yeah. So – well, you yeah. should see if she'll send you a custom bathrobe while your heater is out. I do think, <laughs> oh, no. I do think that, that thing will, at the very least, look warm. Oh, I forgot about my heater for a beautiful little bit. So, um, on terms of on top, it was between Octavio, Bones 1, and the thing that Bones made for Darren. They decide to give to Bones, who now steps up and admits that he is the leader after throwing this giant fuss fit. And I want to shout out Aaron. We forgot to mention this during that. Aaron, while Bones is like, claiming that he's not like i am not the leader like don't you dare say anything about me aaron it's just like why are you fucking talking for a half an hour about this you are not a martyr shut the fuck up and in that moment aaron was was all of us he spoke for us all yeah aaron seems like a whole grown-ass adult and he was just not really fucking with that um but i mean you know i will say i i wouldn't want to hang out with bones but i think he's probably about to make some interesting television so yes all right so we're gonna wrap up up here um you know, having, having done due diligence on the week's week one episode, but just as we go forward, I'm just, I got two questions for you. First, who is your favorite personality through one episode? And second, if you had to pick one person you're excited to see clothes from this, this season, who are you picking? Ooh. Okay. I think my favorite personality so far, mm, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I think I'm really excited to see clothes from two people. I'm really excited to see clothes from Aaron because I feel like he's got the skill and I really think like that sort of like 
a little bit over the top extra drag aesthetic in high fashion could be really, really fun. And I'm really excited to see cl- uh, more clothes from Katie Cortman, who, I mean, I don't know that she's long for this world, but while she's with us, she's going to be at 11. And I really respect that. In terms of personalities, I feel like no one's personality got me all that excited this episode. I mean, I love Zayden's face, so I'm excited to see that. Zayden wins it for me. Um, and it's not just the face. The moment where, again, he admits that he was so distracted looking at somebody else's drama that he sewed his pattern backwards, <laughs> I thought was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on this show. People I'm excited to see close from, I mean, you mentioned some of them. Katie is not on that list for me. Yeah, well, that's a huge surprise. But I'm really excited to see what Christina has to bring. She was weird in the first episode, but it was like, it was weird, but like very well finished. Yeah. Which is, I think, a, a good place a good place to be in. I'm excited to see what Aaron and Octavio can do. They both clearly have point of views. And maybe I'm just basing it on his kind of like personality and just what he was wearing in the cutaways. But Praje, I thought, yeah. seems like, I mean, we didn't get that much from him this episode, but I'm interested what he's going to bring. I feel like he's going to be a standout that we just haven't seen that much yeah. from yet. Um, I was pretty excited about Chantal's stuff until I saw her fucking pink woven suit. And now I'm a little bit less excited, but I'm hoping she pulls it back. You just don't understand Nicaraguan fashion. I mean, I don't understand fashion. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that falls under that umbrella. Well, this has been just a goofy amount of fun. Yay. And it's only- We're excited been, to have it back. Yeah, Project Runway. There was a moment this morning where I was watching- I was watching the Tottenham game and they were winning and I was watching Project Runway a second time to make my notes and I had a donut and my dog was on the couch with me and I thought, you know what? Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. And I was under three blankets, all of which I'd personally knit, trying to figure out why I was so cold in my apartment. Do you have a little more sympathy from that for that girl now who complained about the air conditioning? I do not, no, because it was 72 degrees in her room and 90 degrees outside. So, no, I don't have that much sympathy for her still. Shame. All right. Well, as always, we want to hear your thoughts, Um, especially if you know anything about fashion. Please give us your takes at batch underscore face on Twitter or restingbatchface at Gmail. And for those of you who don't watch this show, like we recap a lot of dumb shows. Like I would not actually say you should watch Bachelor in Paradise or Temptation Island if that's not your barbecue. Project Runway is amazing. Yeah. And and I could not strongly enough encourage uh, you to enjoy it. Yeah, this is the good shit, everyone. This is there's no boom boom room on Project Runway. This is this is classy stuff. It is indeed. It is indeed. Well, anyway, we uh, we hope to catch you all next week, and we thank you for being with us this week. Yep, have a good day, y'all.